You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network. Podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with Jared Davis. We had a Citrus Bowl. It happened, and I don't know too much to make of it, but we're going to talk about it because there were some good things that happened, and uh, I want to talk about those, um, especially with some new up-and-coming guys that we had. Uh, We're also going to talk about other bowls that happened uh, with SEC teams in them because some very interesting stuff happened in those. Jared, how you doing? Uh, I'm good, man. I'm good. It's uh, 2021, but not much seems to have changed. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, it's uh, so hopefully, hopefully that gets better as the year goes along. I think the most important thing to come out of the Citrus Bowl was that people, and I, I saw a commercial two months ago and it blew my mind, People realize that it's called Verbo and not VRBO. Oh uh, yes, I've heard ta- I've heard chatter of that. It's Verbo. It's not VRBO where you go, you know, rent a condo. So that's probably yeah. the most important thing to come out. And that's really probably all we need to say about the Citrus Bowl. I mean, hey, that's great marketing by Verbo. <laughs> I w- I probably want to say VRBO forever, but I think I'm wondering if they just changed it later on because I've never heard Verbo I, until I'm, recently. I'm pretty sure they did because uh, I remember them well before this and when they were competing against like the Air- airbnbs of the world that it was just vrbo but anyway yeah. um this Anywho. namings whatever marketing stuff um that's important stuff we need to we need to delve into that <laughs> but we're not a hotel and <laughs> we're not in that industry sorry <laughs> oh well yeah okay i guess we'll talk about the game all right i how, guess we will. how are you doing I'm good. I'm good. It is the new year, and uh, hey, the Brian Harson era is in. It is ready, and it is going. I mean, Auburn put out this. I, I call it kind of like a hype video of showing him taking some photo ops and signing some footballs and that kind of stuff, and that that got me excited for uh, maybe a change in how the team itself, um, I don't know, plays, especially like in bowl games, because it seems like the last – four or five years teams for Auburn haven't performed up to what I would expect out of an Auburn team uh, against teams that on paper, I think we should probably beat, and yet we don't. So I hope that's something that I I think definitely gets changed. Now bowls are great and all we're shooting for the championships, the playoffs. Um, So getting to that point, may take i'm thinking you know a few years before we we get into that um but i think anthony schwartz kind of put it this way when he said he was opting out uh he pretty much said hey give brian harson and his staff some time um and i think us as auburn fans need to understand that as well uh we need to give him a little bit of time now <laughs> i think uh, in the college football realm right now a few years three years is kind I- of uh 
uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> I'm thinking with fans, you're, well, we're going to give him like one or two games. Is that time? <laughs> That's about right. I mean, his 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 week two, he gets to go up to Happy Valley, right? Don't we go up to Penn State? Bloody something yeah. like that. I, yeah, well, I haven't even to, looked forward to that. Welcome to big boy football, buddy. Man, yeah, this that that in and of itself, he's going to have a you know pretty quick uh, time to figure out this team, get his uh, staff going with us, and get offense defense rolling in whatever system he decides uh, for us. So. I- I want to say something real quick. Now, last year, I think it was pretty evenly matched, but a lot of times these bowl games are weird because, I mean, Northwestern was in the Big Ten Championship, and Auburn was a fifth-best SEC team. Mm-hmm. And so it's weird how these matchups happen. So, I mean, we should be better than Northwestern, no doubt, but <clears throat> they had it going this year. They were a really good team. We did not. And so the matchups are a little weird sometimes. And also – no offense. I'm really not trying to make excuses, but that's a big deal to them. I mean, yeah. to go in there and win that bowl game and finish it out. And I well, mean, I heard, and, and I they were playing for that defensive coach too, the defensive yeah, coordinator. Yeah, it was his last game. So, I mean, I, I, listen, I'm not just defending it because it's Auburn. It happened. I mean, Georgia had like seven players opt out or something. I mean, it happens, you know, it's just a, if you're not, if your goal is the playoff or at least being relevant at the end and you're not, it's just bowl games, man, have just become. It's a weird feel, to be honest with you. Yeah, it, I mean, I've heard some discussions around how do you make them relevant? Because I think as, especially this year with players opting out, it seems like more and more every year for bowl games that they're not just Auburn, but other teams that the bowl games become less relevant. They they become more almost like a pre I don't know, pre-screen game, spring game is what I'm trying to think of. Like it kind of shows you some of the younger talent. Um, like Auburn got to show off a lot of the great guys that um, we got to see. Like Elijah Canyon, who the heck is that? Ooh, boy, <laughs> he got me excited for 2021. I mean, I don't. I mean, he may never catch another football. I don't know, but that that play he made down the sideline where he just threw that guy off of him, I, that was. That was pretty exciting. That was awesome. Really reminded me of like Sammy Coates era where Sammy just threw guys down with a stiff arm. Oh, yeah. Oh, buddy. Like gets me so excited about what uh, he can do. And hey, he's six foot four. So he's he's a good sized guy. Um, and if he's already doing this kind of stuff in a bowl game, I, I, I definitely wonder like most <laughs> of you, where was he the rest of the season unless he was just kind of buried in the depth chart and has been more or less developing over this this last season kind of behind the scenes well and frazier we hit the big tight end over the middle uh and i know we i think we hit several tight end we did but but to see frazier true freshman um yeah i uh a couple couple of good things came out of that on the seeing a couple of uh true freshmen get some playing time that they wouldn't have gotten without the bowl game no definitely and i think well you kind of you know, foreshadowed some of this and your players to watch for the preview for the Citrus Bowl because you were you were you were definitely eyeing a lot of the younger uh, wide receivers and goodness we got a lot of awesome uh, extra catches from like Kobe Hudson uh, yeah, Kobe. Capers. Uh and I, I was just thinking that's awesome just to see ex- those guys get some legit catches because uh, like Schwartz wasn't out there. I did not foreshadow Elijah Canyon. Um, oh no, because <laughs> I didn't know who he was. But um, 
yeah uh kobe hudson had a he had a couple of grabs where he ran after the catch and i was like is that seth right and, and he got up and i'm like no that's kobe and i don't even think he's the same size but he just i don't know the way he moved looked very seth-esque in a couple of routes so um, yeah speaking of seth as well i mean you know in the opt-out era i mean give him props because I think we all think he's going pro, and, and he came out there and played, and I don't know if that means he's not now. I don't know. I don't know if it means anything, but to come out there and play in a relatively meaningless game, um, you know, that's that's pretty pretty impressive in my book. No, I was thinking the same thing with how many players uh, for Auburn and other schools were opting out that, uh, I mean, I was just thinking about Florida and how many of their um, receivers opted out, and I was thinking – Seth Williams stuck it out and I definitely want to commend him for wanting to finish out the season um, and playing in a bowl game that more or less to most of the players didn't sound like it mattered all that much, but uh, it's an extra time to go out there and practice um, and play and develop a little bit more. Um, Plus, I mean, it's kind of like an audition in a way for Brian Harson to show you, uh, to show him what you got and and one of those players that I think, um, even though he didn't have his best game, kind of showed how tough he was, was Bo Nix. Um, yeah, I know he's got his issues, his footwork, his uh, mechanics aren't all that great. But after, uh, I mean, I thought he was out. I thought he was not coming back. Um, and Cord came in for a couple of plays, and then literally the next uh, drive, Bo's back in there and playing his mind. Uh, he's just playing so good. And I think uh, the mindset of I want to play hard, and I hope that makes a good impression on Brian Harson. Um, but I want to I want to pose this question to you, Jared, because it came across my mind, and and I think it probably came across yours. Was do you think Bo's going to be our quarterback next year um, when we have a new offensive scheme? Which this will be. I mean, I think this is yeah a third offensive coordinator more uh, for. Bo Nix, third offensive scheme. Do you think that that'll happen, or what? What? Where do we go after if we don't go with Bo? Yeah, and a lot of people probably will be like, "What? What are you talking about?" The fact that this question's been posed, and we don't have any inside information, but I think it's a valid question. And I will go ahead and say this before I say the other part: Bo's a gamer, a lot of heart. I agree with you 100 percent. To come back in, he didn't have to come back in. A, a prima donna wouldn't have come back in. I mean, he he was he was hurt. The game's over, and he came back in. Uh, Bo has a ton of heart. Very athletic kid. He's got some issues mechanically, and I don't know if they can be fixed because I'm not a smart enough guy to know about that in football. Uh, if they can be fixed, somebody said it great. They said Bo makes the spectacular plays all the time. I mean, he avoided another sack where they were coming from behind. And he ducked it like the touchdown run he had against A and M. Oh yeah, like he just feels it and he ducks it. But he can't make the regular plays. Like, he doesn't make the rhythm throws, and that's his biggest issue. So, to answer your question in a long way, I don't know. I would say probably he's going to be the quarterback. I think it would take a grad transfer coming in um, that, that Harson felt more comfortable with his style or scheme. Uh, the Boise State guy's free to come if he wants to. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I think it would take something like that. It's not a foregone conclusion. And if Gus was still here, it would have been a foregone conclusion, Bo's the quarterback. So I think it's at least interesting enough to say not a foregone conclusion. If there's no grad transfer quarterback, I don't think the guy from Texas, the true freshman, is going to take the job. I think he's talented, but I don't think he'll take it. So if there's no grad transfer, I'd say, yeah, Bo, Bo's the guy. Um, I, what are your thoughts on it? 
Yeah, I'm kind of leaning. I'm going to say like a 90% chance that Bo's our quarterback unless we bring in some incredible transfer that uh, comes in, makes a big splash on campus. Uh, because I think Bo having two years as starting quarterback speaks pretty big volumes, um, even with his deficiencies. So it's going to be a matter of uh, more than likely can Harson and his staff figure out those those issues that Bo obviously has with the long passes, with uh, not setting his feet, uh, not making sometimes the routine like 20, 15-yard pass um, that could easily a lot of, I mean, even in the Citrus Bowl, result in touchdowns um, that he didn't make. So I want to see how that develops um, and, and definitely keep an, uh, an eye out for any kind of news about Bo um, under the new staff whenever the new staff is uh, announced officially. Real, real uh, quick, I do want to say one thing. So a lot of Bo's issues is he doesn't have offensive line support. But the other thing is the deep ball, we have to be able to hit that. Did you watch the playoffs? Nobody drives anymore. Like you're not going to drive yes. down the field. Nobody even tries. You got to. They're not even getting in the red zone. They're scoring from the forty yard line. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, Justin Fields throws the deep ball probably better than anybody in the nation. I mean, he doesn't have to have a big gap there. If his guys got one step on him, he's going to put it right in their wheel, right in their pocket. Yeah. We have to find a way to do that if you're going to beat Alabama. You're, you're not going to drive down the field against Georgia. Their D's too good. You have to be able to score from the 40, and that's been our problem. By the time we get in the red zone, we've had some good drives. We get in the red zone, we're out of plays, yep. and they've seen us for 12 plays, and they're going to stop it. So whoever's quarterback, we got to find a way to score on chunk plays because that is the new offense in college football. Uh, right now, definitely. Um, and especially in the SEC, you're seeing those chunk plays – I mean, Florida did it all year. Alabama did it all year. Ole Miss has done it all year. Those are the plays that score. And and I think one of the biggest things I really hope Brian Harson looks at and fixes uh, is looking at our red zone and looking at how we score in the red zone when we get there. Um, And I think that also leads into scoring outside of the red zone having plays that are specifically drawn up for when we're at the 30, when we're at the 40-yard line, that give us a chance to score on those plays. Um, and Bo executing on those. Um, and our wide receivers, too. Um, well, you saw how we scored. Our only touchdown, what was it? It was a 50-yard pass. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, that. It, that's how you score now. And I, I know it's easy to say, well, that's how you score. you got to find a way to go make it happen. And I don't know how you do that. Um but that is the new that's the new offense right now. If you want to keep up with the other teams um that are scoring quickly, you have to be able to do it as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's I hope Brian Harson has seen that trend. Um I'm sure he has. I mean, it's kind of hard to deny um even us, us as fans seeing that trend uh going to not only the SEC but even places at Ohio State where it's we got to score lots of points, and the the best way to do it is on a four-play drive. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking back to a lot of the 2013 season where those big chunk plays, um, where we would get 30 yards in a, a completion, and we just take chunks down the field. It, it could be literally a one- or two-minute drive, and we score points. Um, and it's been a long time since we've gotten back to that. So. I, 
I've said before, Gus invented that, in my opinion, and then he got away from it, and for various reasons, we won't go into it, I don't really even know why, but there were reasons. Gus invented what's going on right now, it just took, I mean, Alabama for the longest time under Saban, they had one good receiver with Julio, they Mm -hmm. ran the ball, they had great offensive and defensive line, and then eventually he started bringing in more pieces, He, 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 he saw what he had to do to beat Gus, he took that, and, and they've taking it to a different level and we kind of stayed behind so um yeah i just think that that uh if we can who whatever my point of all this is if if there is another quarterback who can throw that deep ball and bo is struggling with that i think there could be a battle there i really do oh yeah definitely um if somebody can i mean i hate to use the word game manage but play in the system i guess is probably better and and execute at a little bit higher level than what Bo does they've got a good shot at, at beating out Bo who at that point would be a junior uh, for the next season so it is very much possible I, I definitely give them that but I think if I had to bet on it I don't think it happens unless we get this outstanding transfer um, to come in um, I do want to kind of talk about Brian Harson. So he was at the game. I want to get your thoughts on what you think Brian Harson has seen from the practices, from the game that happened um, at the Citrus Bowl. What do you think he, he learned from this Auburn team and uh, what he can use those pieces um, going forward uh, into his uh, Auburn career? It's hard to tell. I mean, from the from the practices, we don't know. They had four of them. I mean, there there's been chatter that the first practice there were a lot of players that did not want to do the bowl game, and they did it for the seniors. So I don't know what, and I don't know if that's true. That's just been rumors. Um, so I don't know a lot that came out of practice. But I guess you could take that from a character standpoint. Hey, if there's people that didn't want to, but they did it for the seniors, that means a lot. Mm-hmm. If Seth Williams does come back, the guy could have opted out. He could have gone pro and not played in a bowl game. He played with his teammates in a in a meaningless bowl. That's huge. Um, let's give credit. We got down 14 to nothing and very easily could have quit. And I'll be honest with you, that defense did not quit until we missed on the fourth and one. And I hate Absolutely. to use the word quit. But in the fourth quarter, we got missed on that fourth and one, and then they just kind of whatever. Yeah. Um, they gave it – they had every reason not to. Absolutely. And, and they turned it around and shut Northwestern down for – better part of the game after that first quarter um, until the very end when we couldn't get a fourth and one. So there were a lot of things on defense that can probably take away positives. A lot of young guys got playing time. He's got – he's not coming into a train wreck. He's got some pieces if they stay. Even if Seth leaves, as long as Tank stays and as long as there's no people on defense that leave that we don't expect Big Cat to leave but nobody else, I think he's coming into – a decent foundation, in my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, it, it, on defense, for sure. I, I feel like there's a lot of good pieces. And honestly, the defense itself has improved, I feel like, throughout the season. Um, because I think at the beginning of the season, we knew the holes of Marlon Davis and Derek Brown were going to be felt. And the defensive line had to develop even more. Did they develop to where I hoped they'd be by the end of the season? I don't think so but they have gotten better. Um, and then I think the defense as a whole will be able to come together. Um, it's probably going to depend on the next defensive coordinator and how he, they use those pieces. But I think the the pieces are there. It's just putting them together and making them work um, in the new defensive scheme um, that the new defensive coordinator will bring in. 
Hey Auburn fans, I want to take a quick time out from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C Network Booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C Network to join the E2C Network Booster Club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. Um, something else I, I definitely think Brian Harson probably got is, and this has more or less been a theme throughout this whole year, is winning the lines of scrimmage. So offense and defense. Winning the line of scrimmage is very important. I mean, uh, we did not win the lines of scrimmage on either side of the ball um, this game. And there were so many times that Bo had to run for his life. There were so many times where I felt like the Northwestern quarterback had so much time to throw. And I feel like that's got to be a point of emphasis is for Brian Harson, especially between now and the regular signing period, to go out and try to get, you know, maybe go and get like a Juco type guy and say, we need you on offense and defensive line to inject some, uh, some talent into, to what our offensive and defensive lines can be. Um, and then coaching those guys up. I think that's gotta be probably number one. Once you get that, you can use those skill players that Auburn has, which we have lots of them. I mean, we've, we've, definitely recruited a lot of those. Um, and to, to some fault, I feel like we kind of, uh, kind of left the, especially offensive linemen didn't go after as many of those, uh, big, ugly kind of guys that, uh, that play on the offensive line. Instead, we went after the, you know, the flashy skill players. And that I think was kind of the Achilles heel of this Auburn team over the last few years. Um, and if you can figure that out, that key piece out, then I I think the ceiling for next year and the year after and the year after that just keeps going up because the offensive and defensive lines are that much better. Yeah, you gotta find you do. You gotta you gotta figure out the offensive line absolutely. D line we need to get more pass rush, but I think we got some you know, with Colby Wood and those guys being young. I saw some bright spots. Um I think with our uh, outside of LSU and Penn State being on the road, you know, you got Georgia and Alabama at home I think if you can get an above-average offensive line, um, you know, you got a chance next year to have a decent season. You don't have to be great at offensive line. Be above-average. we got to get to that point. Somehow, someway, he's got to find a way. we got the guy coming in, I think, from Harvard. I don't know how good he is, but it's going to take things like that. Grad transfers coming in. 
This year is very weird. It's basically free fall, free agency. The kids have all the control. They can go anywhere they want. Now that could hurt Auburn because there could be players that leave as well that we didn't expect. Um, but <clears throat> outside of Tank, uh, some would argue Bo, but outside of Tank and uh, probably some players on the defensive side, you know, if a player left, I don't know that it would be the end of the world. I hate to say that, but I think that it might could be filled with a, with another guy coming in. Um, you can't replace Tank. I mean, if he leaves, um, that that's that's big in my opinion. No, I absolutely agree. The impact he obviously made on uh, the run game this year. Uh, I mean, as much as I love uh, Sean Shivers and DJ Williams, I don't think they made as big of an impact on on the run game as much as Tank Tank did. And, no, did- those guys are good. Uh, did you watch Ohio State at all? Did you watch yeah, that game? Yeah, I did. Right. Yeah. Their, their guy, I don't know, Summit, Summit, I don't know his name. He runs like Tank. There were times where somebody had him dead to rights about mm-hmm. to tackle him, and he just does like almost like a fade backwards and a juker. I mean, that you can't tackle him one-on-one, and that's what Tank does. Yes. And it's like you can't teach that stuff. And um, Tank has the potential to be one of the greats at Auburn. I don't listen for everybody listening. We don't think he's going anywhere, but when you have a coach change, he came in to play for Gus and Caddy. When that when that happens, you never know because this year the players have the power; they can do whatever they want, and they don't lose any eligibility. Yeah, um, so you and have to are, worry what, at least. Well, and the one thing that I will give Brian Harson uh, some credit is if he hasn't already done it, he said he's going to do it: is sit down with every single player one on one and talk through. Uh, what he wants to do at Auburn and how he thinks that they'll fit in. And I think that's very key in a transition of power is making sure that the guys understand I'm still going to be used uh, in some way on this team. And, uh, I mean, he's got to know guys like Tank Bigsby are going to be key parts of it going forward to, over the next couple years, um, especially, uh, I don't know, especially on the run game. Um, I definitely have a feeling about that. Yeah, somebody said the way he run that stretch play. I think we talked about it. it <clears throat> apparently, the way he designs his runs, you know, any running back should have success, and an elite running back should have huge success. So, I don't think if Tank leaves, it'll be because of a schematic thing. Um, you know, it's a weird year, man. I mean, people we love Auburn, but we've been on game day with ninety thousand fans. Um, you know, you get on campus, you get to know friends. They, they've been probably taking virtual classes, and they haven't mm-hmm. had the fan experience and. You know, if if they get upset about a coach change, these things happen. These are young kids. We have no idea what they're thinking. So just just, just a thought. Um, one more point I want to make real quick. Fixing the O-line is very key. However, adjustments are as well. Did you watch Clemson? So in the fourth quarter, Ohio State was destroying. The, I mean, uh, Trevor Lawrence was running for his life like Bo. Well, what did they start doing? They started doing quick passes. Mm-hmm. Quick passes. And they didn't come back and win that game, but they started hitting a few, and they scored a touchdown. And I was like, we never did that, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I don't think we ever made that adjustment, or either our guys just didn't get open. And that could have been the case. Yeah, uh, that's got to be uh, something that we need to do is make those quick changes that get us moving down the field. I mean, if we can't, uh, man, we're going to have so many three and outs, and it's just going to look ugly. Um, I do want to hit on a couple of defensive players um, that really stood out to me. Um, so I think Owen Papo had a pretty good game. Um, I think we were discussing kind of his role in the linebacker and how he uh, kind of, I don't know, as he does 
also the defense does. And as, when he was playing extremely well, our defense was playing really well. Um, he was stuffing holes, and, and so was um, uh, uh, McLean. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Um, so both of them were just uh, they were playing pretty well. I mean, I, I was really impressed with how they played, and that's another good thing that I think the linebacker core. As long as they stay, which I, I have no doubts, or I haven't heard anything. I think they're saying, then we should be fine on linebacker, and uh, those linebackers and defensive line can also work together and be that front seven that can just be a menacing beast um, that will get in the backfield and just wreak havoc. Papo had a sack, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. And McLean, yeah. he's just everywhere. He's a beast, man. I like I like Zacoby. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then we also had some some big young guys like Marco Adamio, uh, Ladarius Tennyson, um, Riley. I mean, we had some great young guys. Even even the guy that I was kind of eyeing at the beginning of the season, but had some injuries. Jalen Simpson um, had made some big stops and big tackles. Um, and, and those were guys that I mean, this is the game to do it. This is when you want to show out, especially right in front of your new coach, um, that you can play and play hard. Um, because they, they're probably the future of Auburn's defense um, in the next few years. Um, let's talk about special teams real quick, and then we'll round out the conversation. Um, so Anders Carlson, uh, he made a couple of big field goals, a 50-yarder and then a shorter one. Um, but that also, um, if you haven't seen, he and his brother Daniel Carlson now have scored the most points of any pair of brothers that have kicked in the same uh, college team. Oh, so, I didn't know that. Pretty crazy that they have both played so well. And we still get Anders for another year, um, if not more. So um, this could be a crazy time if Anders continues playing as well as he did. Um, I mean, I've already seen a couple. I think he only missed two field goals the whole season or something crazy like that. And one was like a 56-yarder. One was like a shorter one against Arkansas when it was raining really bad. So he's had a phenomenal season. He's a, he's improved a lot. And, and he, I don't what will he will he be a senior, quote-unquote senior? I think next year he's a junior. Okay, well, keep in mind, this season doesn't even really count. So unless yep. he's good enough to where he thinks he could go pro, we may have him for three more years. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, but with how he's improved, I think, from his freshman to sophomore year, I would not be shocked after four years. He's like, I, I'm seeing my brother have so much success uh, in the NFL. I can I can be right there with him. Don't blame him. And I wouldn't blame him at all. I just yeah. I keep reminding myself that some of these guys that might just be on the – I mean, you never know with kickers. I mean, it was weird that um, his brother Aaron got Sipos. Well, sip us, but it was weird that other Carlson got drafted. I mean, it just doesn't happen a lot. True. Um, so he might be like, hey, look, I'll stay in college one more. You know, money's not an issue. I'll stay in college one more year. Who knows? That's what I'm hoping Eli Stove decides. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right. So I know I know we normally do this segment in the preview for the next game, but since we aren't doing that, I wanted to throw this in here because there's a lot of stuff going on in the SEC um, with bowl games. Um, I guess has already happened. Um, so I want to do our segment on an Auburn fan perspective of the SEC um, and all the different chaos and craziness that goes on during bowls. Um, I want to start out with the first one uh, that I, I think definitely stands out is Florida losing to Oklahoma 55-20. to 20. Absolutely blown out. Um, they cannot stop Oklahoma by any means. And uh, Dan Mullen's statement, so – 
Ooh, if boy. you haven't seen it, man, it said the last game of 2020 uh, team was played 11 days ago. And so I was thinking, bro, you're about, I mean, like, I don't, that's one of those statements that you know is just well, finish a bad it. statement. Finish the statement. He said, our, our, uh, he said, I mean, I thought our uh, scout team did pretty good today. Golly. <laughs> wow. Golly. What he was saying was is that the last game they played was in Atlanta against Alabama. And Man. that it was a scout team and that he's the only team in the country that's having to deal with opt-outs. And, um, I mean, they did. They had a lot of opt-outs. But, I mean, you know, you know, Auburn had Auburn – had, two very important starters not playing on offense. Uh, I know Georgia had opt-outs. Um, I mean, it's so. just it's going to happen. I mean, it's going to happen with any big team that has uh, potential guys. Um, and you got to overcome that. I mean, uh, I know Auburn didn't, but most of the other SEC teams did, and they had opt-outs. Um, it, so, I don't know. I just feel like that was just kind of a lame way of saying – yeah, it doesn't really matter. Like you shouldn't say that in all reality, um, as a coach. But Dan Mullen makes he he thinks he's Steve Spurrier and he doesn't have the resume yet. So yeah, you know Spurrier would say stuff similar to that, and you'd laugh it off because he was he was so great. Um, right. Well, here here's a number for you, and I saw this stat from Dan Mullen. So against ranked teams, Dan Mullen as a coach is thirteen of thirty eight. Hmm. He's losing one out of every four games <laughs> or, or sorry, winning one out of every four games. Sorry. Um, that's, that's tough, man. Uh, that's uh, man. He's got, he's got lots of room to grow. I mean, even this year, he's one of three against ranked teams. So uh, if he's going to be the next big coach, he's got to figure out how to beat ranked teams consistently. Even Gus struggled with that, but I, he didn't, I don't think he struggled that badly. I mean, well, in his stretch it, in 2017, he beat two number one teams within three weeks. Like, it, it, yeah. It was a very Gus-esque kind of season. I mean, it, you would assume for all intents and purposes, this was a great season for Florida. This meant they're back, and you look up, and they're 8-4. and four. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, wait a minute. I mean, I know one of them was the SEC championship game, but we didn't give Gus that, that uh, leeway in 2017. So, you know, it was a good season for them, but I mean, you're right. But they beat, I guess they beat um, Georgia, and then mm-hmm. that's the ranked team they beat this year. Yeah. So they Dan Mullen definitely has a long way to go um, to be the powerhouse, especially in the East. I mean, I still think that I'm glad Florida's up and coming and will be a competition for Georgia in the East, but they got to do better than that. Yeah. Um. Alabama beat Notre Dame in the playoff semis. Uh, not a big story there, but the storyline here is Texas fired their coach, and within like a few hours, said that they're hiring Steve Sarkeesian as their head coach. Holy crap, that was quick! Like, and then Auburn, of course, takes nine days, um, which they got to go through the traditional, you know, search. I'm, I'm obviously very happy with what we got, but. That is insane how quick Texas turned around and said, we're, we're hiring Steve. <laughs> I think that was – it's weird how some things get passed over. You know, Auburn tried to kind of work when we still had a coach with Tommy and go hire Paterno or whatever. I don't remember their names anymore. But, you know, that was behind the – this had to have already been worked out. I mean, there's no way oh, that yeah. wasn't already worked out, and you still had a head coach. So it's weird how the, how the media let certain things pass. I mean, Texas had already – they'd already interviewed Sark. I mean, yes. there's no way that – that has not already been done, already worked out, and everybody just so hum. They were interviewing a coach when they had one. I don't care. 
but it is funny how you're right how quick that happened that was a done deal and that's really probably why sark i think we reached you know there's so many rumors i do think we probably reached out to sark to gauge his interest and sark probably already had this texas thing in the works well i was thinking the same thing i wonder if he turned down the offer even it maybe if all i don't know if auburn actually offered him but i think we offered an interview i think he turned out i think he just and i don't know if we did but i think he declined an interview yeah so it's one of those things like i i i get why auburn went through this traditional like coach search um but when you fire a coach like i uh, with that big of a buyout I hope they had had a better plan than let's just go search. But, hey, in the end, I think we got a great coach. And I just think it's interesting, the the difference of how Texas went about it and Auburn went about it. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, Mississippi State beat Tulsa. Um, and the game itself was literally not all that great. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah, literally beat. <laughs> yes. I, I didn't even – uh mean that but yes double meaning there they beat yeah. them and they also beat them <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but man look. there was a lot of weird stuff and i i saw before the game they actually had some some scrob- squabbling going on and then after the game was the you know legit punches and crap was going down and i was just like this is ridiculous why the heck does mississippi state and tulsa why do they have like this thing going on like <laughs> why <laughs> I, I don't get it man i did not understand that at all yeah um georgia ended up being cincinnati um i think we already mentioned that one but uh, georgia actually had a pretty good comeback I, I feel like they were kind of in a similar spot to auburn in that they could have just been down and said we're not sorry we're just losing this bowl game but yet georgia decided we're gonna play and win this this game, so um, that was uh, good for Georgia. Um, Kentucky beat North, uh, NC State, um, and NC State was ranked, so that was a good win for them. Uh, Ole Miss beat number eleven Indiana. I that was a, I thought that was a nice win for Ole Miss. I was surprised yeah. to see that one. Absolutely. I thought Indiana was a pretty good team. Yeah, me too. And, and I, I I'm just curious. Okay, so. Let me go look at Indiana's schedule real quick because I was just thinking, I wonder if they, they're kind of like Auburn in that one in most teams. Once they lose and they're out of the playoffs, it's like there's not as much motivation to play well for the rest of the year. Well, remember, they got, they kind of got screwed. I mean, I get, mm-hmm. but they were supposed to be in play Northwestern and then the Big Ten changed the rule. Right. They yeah. were the, per the rules beginning of the year, they, they technically won, they technically earned the right to be in the, uh, um uh, the championship big championship yeah big 10 championship yeah so yeah i would have thought after them getting snubbed like that they would have played a little better but hey props to lane kiffin and Ole miss for coming out and playing hard and beating a, a number 11 team yeah that was a good win for them uh in the orange bowl texas a&m uh beat uh north carolina who was 13 so pretty high ranking teams right there um but Texas A&M, I feel like they, they've definitely had a chip on their shoulder for most of their season, and uh, they they came out and uh, wanted to show North Carolina who was boss. Uh, I think North Carolina also had a good number of opt-outs. Um, they had a ton of opt-outs. I went to bed in the fourth quarter when North Carolina went in that game, leading that game. I mean, I, I mean, A&M did the same. You know, we were leading going into the fourth, I think. A&M apparently flips the switch in the fourth quarter because I think they essentially scored 21 points, if I'm not mistaken, because I went to bed with them with A&M losing. Dang. No, I didn't. I didn't end up watching that one. But Yeah, they man, were down in the nuts. fourth quarter. I think, I want to say 21-17 maybe or something. Hmm. And um, 
or 21-20 maybe. I don't know, but yeah, they they I think they scored 20, 20 points in the fourth quarter. Goodness. Good for them. Good for them finishing their season hard. Um especially being number 5 and being right outside the playoffs. It's like I feel like they they're another team that if they didn't have that chip on their shoulder for the whole year, they probably could have just been like we're just here. We're here. We get a, you know, it's a good bowl game in the Orange Bowl, but I don't know. They they could have even e- easily been just now nah, we're not playing that hard, but they did. They played hard and uh, ended up winning that one. Um, the Arkansas versus TCU game, TCU game was canceled. Missouri versus Iowa was also canceled. So had a couple of games that were canceled because I think both were COVID related. Um, so um, I feel like that's somewhat to be expected. Um, but overall, I mean, the SEC did well um, in bowl games this year. Um, as to be expected, um, a couple of them like Ole Miss and uh, Kentucky beating ranked teams. So, uh, big shout out to them. One, oh, uh, Texas A&M as well. So, um, lots of uh, fun stuff that definitely happened this year. I know there weren't as many bowls, but I think the bowls that happened seem to be, uh, for the most part, pretty exciting. Um, so, hey, heck, we got a bowl season, and uh, that That's was right. much more than most people were thinking. That's right. Um. Before we get out of here, I do want to just let you know that we will be doing uh, shows throughout the off season, so stay tuned for that on the E2C network, and uh, we'll uh, have those out uh, as news comes. Uh, we'll do them uh, regularly for the NFL Combine, NFL Draft, um, you know, off season topics. Uh, Jared and I have a few of those teed up, and uh, and I'm sure when Brian Harson and Auburn uh, start announcing the new coaching changes that are that I'm sure going to happen over the next few weeks. We will uh, also be covering that, so stay tuned for all of that. Um, Jared, before we get out here, um, any other final thoughts? No, I'm well. I mean, I'm surprised we made it to a bowl uh, season, so that's a positive on the football front. And I'm just hoping that you know we can get uh, this uh, COVID out of here so we can all be safe and healthy number one and get back to some normal sports activities for everybody so i've enjoyed it uh and as always war eagle yep uh jared how can the people stay in touch with you uh just find me on facebook and on instagram at jared davis and you can find me on twitter at ajayjay underscore it's always great to be an auburn tiger and war eagle war eagle Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?